0: might be old but I can still carry this (laughs) the benefits of being old right pardon I'm working on it can we stand hallelujah God's awesome Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne of grace this morning. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring your power and your spirit into this place. That you would wash over us. I'm asking you, Lord, to remove. and come forth. And I ask you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, to great glory and honor and praise. And we thank you now for who you are. In the name of Jesus, be glorified. Amen. Amen. Strange thing. I didn't know what I was going to try to share this morning until 3 o'clock this morning. (laughs) And the strange thing about it was the song that we were singing this morning and what Jeff shared uh, in relationships how is your relationship with God? Now, what, I'm, what I want to share with you this morning uh, is not so much about interpersonal relationships. Okay? It's about your relationship with God. You remember when you got saved, how you felt. The emotions that was going through your heart, through your mind. The zeal in the fire that you had. Milton spoke yesterday morning about fire. The fire in us. There's a man in the Old Testament. You got your Bibles, which you all should. I'm not condemning you. who had a personal, rich, and deep, and full relationship with God. This was before the law. In the fifth chapter of Genesis, it's only got uh, probably three verses in that chapter that speaks his name. And his name was Enoch. Enoch. Now you got to get a hold of this in verse twenty-one. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God <laughs> in the, it, in the in verse twenty-four. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, and God took him. Maybe he was walking down Walmart's aisles, picking out uh, Cheetos. And somebody was walking beside him, and he reached for the bag or box of Cheetos, And wham, he was gone, brother. He disappeared. Enoch walked with God every day. From the moment that he woke up, his eyes blinked and he seen light. Maybe he was walking down the road. They didn't have cars then. Maybe he was walking with his girlfriend or wife, if he had one. And all of a sudden, there was no more Enoch. He was translated. Do you know why? Because he was holy. He lived a holy life. There was no co- compromising with God and, and, and the things that he wanted to do and the things that he had in, on his plate and on his agenda. He was totally sold out with God. What is your relationship? What's your priorities? When, when, when Enoch had an ache, The first thought to come into his mind was God. He walked with God. He had a fellowship. He had a rich and deep and full relationship. But we have other priorities in our life. I'm talking about the church now. Not not specifically this one, okay? As a whole, I was talking with Larry and and a man that helped us with men's breakfast cooking last week. I said, you know what's, what's the problem with the church today? Anybody got an idea? We are too comfortable with sin. We're too comfortable with sin. We think we can walk, walk with God on Sunday morning and spend maybe an hour in church and sit in our pews or our chairs and it doesn't matter how we conduct our lives. I was working in a federal prison in Honduras. And I told one of the men that come to that Bible class on Monday morning, I said, you have influence in this MS-13 gang by the way you conduct your life. And the words that you speak. And he kind of looked at me because of his past, which would, (laughs) believe me, anything but good. What's your relationship? Does God hear you when you cry out to him? Does he respond? You have an obligation to live holy. You are a representative of Jesus Christ. We are supposed to bear the image of Jesus. We have the power of his spirit in us. Jesus' relationship with his father was a moment-by-moment-by-moment-by-moment relationship. There was another man in 2 Kings who had a deep and rich and full Relationship with God. And by the way, the Bible tells me that he's not a respecter of persons. If he hears Brad when Brad lays hands on people (laughs) and miracles happen, little old you can do it too. Little old you that came from nowhere. And you don't know anybody in power. But if you know Jesus, you got unlimited power in you. You, Caitlin, got power. You're not some meek, beat down little human being. You are important. And you got power in you to raise the dead, to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know what hinders us? It's our faith. It's our faith. It's believing what God said, and not what the enemy says in your mind. Because the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy and to rob you and cheat you on what he has for you. God's talking to you. 2 Kings, the second chapter, Elijah is just being prepared To go to heaven. And he has this other prophet behind him or beside him called Elisha. And the last thing that Elisha asked Elijah, I want a double portion of your spirit. And listen to this. (laughs) This was under the law, folks, the law of Moses. In Verse 11, it says, And it came to pass, as they still went on, and they was walking after they crossed that river. They was walking down the road. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, That behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. King James, they parted. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. Well, that can't happen to me, says who? Elijah was walking down the road. Imagine what would have happened if he had pulled his Lamborghini up against the gas pump and was putting in premium gas that cost $5 a gallon. And this chariot of fire, where the horses of fire come down out of heaven and parted them. Never seen such a thing. And it's never happened since then. You know why? Because he was holy. He didn't yield to his emotions, except one time when he ran from a woman. (laughs) Smart guy. (laughs) Smart guy. But other than that, that man lived absolutely holy and dependent upon God for everything. He had such a relationship with God than when he was out in the wilderness. Anybody in the wilderness? Anybody in the wilderness here? That God fed him with the ravens, with the crows. He cares about you and what your relationship is with him. It says in the sixth chapter of Isaiah that in heaven, right now, there is holy angels and seraphims and the cherubims with their arms extended in heaven where there's no sin nor no sinner. And it says that they are glorifying God and they're speaking one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And as they are saying this, the pillars are shaking. Because there's holiness in heaven. And the Bible says in Hebrews, I think it's the sixth chapter, it says that without holiness, no man sees God. Brad, a couple uh, last month, had us elders up here, and he asked us to share what we seen was coming in this place. And I said, there's going to be a refining. There's going to be a purification. And if we aren't sold out to God, you know what? There's going to be a separation because God is going to have holiness in his people. And it depends on each and every one of us and the choices that you make. And the sooner we get our house in order. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. God's not going to judge this earth until he judges his people. And that's the truth. What's your relationship? In Revelation, I just, oh, glory to God. John the Revelator is on the Isle of Patmos by himself. They couldn't kill him, so they put him in exile. They didn't want to hear anything coming from his lips. In chapter 4, it says, And after this, after God had spoken, to the the different churches. It says, and after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. There's a door open in heaven for you right now. Right now. I don't care what you've done in your life. And I don't care the struggles that you're going through and the problems that you face. There's a door open to heaven. And that door is Jesus. And a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. He's calling his church to come up hither to get above the concerns and cares of this world and the problems that we face. Come up, rise up, stand up, stand firm in the precepts of what the Bible says, not in what the the battleground in your mind is saying to you. Come up hither, and when you come up hither, I will show you things which must be. Hereafter, and immediately I was in the Spirit. Uh (laughs) The only thing you get from God is in the Spirit, then we're in the Spirit realm. You know that? Everything that transpires on this planet. transpired first in the spiritual realm. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. This is what you've got to look forward to if you make it to heaven. That's a preposition, if. The word if is a preposition, right? Thank you, Lord. I was right for a change And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat on, that sat, was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like to an emerald. What does that, rep- what does that represent? What does the rainbow represent? A covenant. Are you in a covenant relationship with God? He's got promises. That rainbow represents also promises. And round about the throne were four and twenty elders seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, when you are translated into heaven, you're going to be given a robe, a pure white. Pure white. Sister, I was over in Israel a couple months ago, in November, and I had cancer. And I started bleeding out. And I went to the emergency room and they put me in the, they took me up to the surgical ward at midnight and I was laying on the table <laughs> and they had IVs in me and they gave me blood. So I'm a complete Jew now, right? So <laughs> I'm I'm laying on the table. And they got my arm stretched out like this. And I don't know what they gave me, but it sure was effective. And suddenly after—it wasn't probably five seconds after they gave me that shot. And I started going out, and I seen this ultra-bright light just a, it wasn't a blinding light. It was just a a pure, just ultra bright light that you can't imagine. And I was out. You're going to be given, when you are translated to heaven, a white robe. Jesus is coming back. It says, what is it, 2 Timothy? It says that Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You know what a spot is? It's like like this shirt and you take a black marker and you put it out here where everybody can see it. That's your sin, where it's apparent to everybody. You know what a wrinkle does? It hides what's under that wrinkle. That's your hidden sin things that you don't want people to know about because it might ruin your reputation. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That means that we have to live holy day by day by day by day, moment by moment by moment because you don't know when your life is gonna be cut short and your plans is going to be negated. There was a 10-year-old girl the other day, I seen on the internet, a 10-year-old healthy girl dropped over dead. I seen these athletes uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm not talking about that Buffalo Bills player, this guy was 24 years old, and he was playing ball and he dropped dead. Are you living holy? Are you living righteously? Or are you living in sin? Romans 6, one says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? We hear about grace, and I'm all for grace because God knows I need it. And Paul said, God forbid there's There's a period after that, and I don't know if they knew about exclamation points back then, but it should have said, Exclamation point shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, God forbid! you know what. Sometimes we don't get answers to our prayers because we got things going, in and going on in our lives that's not right. And we know we have this consciousness that tells us that God's not going to hear us until we repent. Am I right? <laughs> Every time I've heard Pastor Brad Say it with clarity, Pastor Brad prays, he gets answers. Because he's living holy, because he has a deep, full relationship with God. And I'm not saying this because he's sitting there, because I would say it if he wasn't here. Thank you, Lord. I was going to Bible school in Texas... And one Sunday night, they had Sunday services back then. And this 45-year-old rancher dropped dead on the sidewalk outside the church. And somebody come in and said, so-and-so is laying on the sidewalk, and he's dead. He's not breathing. And to, uh, some of the people from the church goes out there, and starts praying. And this person, I won't tell you what sex it was, was standing by the door and said, we've got to call the ambulance. This guy's lips was blue because he didn't have any oxygen. His heart was not pumping. He was not breathing. He was laying there. And he had to bend on that sidewalk at least five minutes before somebody got into the church and got people out there to, to pray for him. And they started praying. And that dead man got up off that walk. And I shared this with, I don't know who I shared it with. Not long ago, there's a book called Like a Mighty Wind. It's written by a Guy guy that lived in uh, Indonesia. He lived out in the jungle. And he prayed for a, a native guy there that had died. And over there, they burned the bodies. They put them up on a, on a, they call it a pyre, with wood under it. The man had been dead three days. And the Lord told Mel... And his cousin to go up there and to pray for him. So Mel goes up there and starts praying. And he prayed. And the first hour passed and there was no answer. He prayed another hour and there was still no answer. Eight hours later, that man came back to life. Eight hours. And we get pains and aches and mental gymnastics going on after 10 minutes. Eight hours, and the man's back to life. Thank you, Lord. Back to our, I got two minutes. It ain't going to work, Brad. It ain't going to work. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was as like a flying eagle, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Jesus is coming. He's coming, folks. Where will you stand? where are you going to stand? And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne, that's Jesus, who lives forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever and ever, and ever, and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for Thou hast created all things. He created you for His pleasure, not for your pleasure." For his pleasure. Let me ask you something. Are you willing to give up everything you have for the kingdom of God? Are you willing to give up your retirement plan, your bank account? your savings account, your IRAs for the kingdom of God? What if he asked you to give up your car and you pay the notes on it? How many would do that? It's living holy, folks. It's hearing hearing God's voice. And responding. You can hear his voice, but do you respond? Do you act upon what you hear? That's the question. God has called us to holiness. And I'm determined to do it. Personally, I'm I'm determined. Hallelujah. You know what's between you and God. We were singing about giving up everything, didn't we? Isn't that what we saying About your pride. You willing to give it up? Do you care what other people think of you? The only one we ought to be concerned about is the Lord Jesus Christ. That ought to be our priority. Let's stand. It was only two minutes late. Like I said, I don't know what your relationship is with God, but I want it to be right. I want it to be that if you should drop dead when you leave this place, you are are going to be in heaven and I'm going to see you there. My heart's desire is that nobody be lost because hell is too hot, and eternity is too long. If you've got something in your life that you know you need to get rid of, this is your hour. This is your time. My time is over. Praise the Lord. So why don't we bow our heads. Hallelujah. I know there's people here and in the sound of my voice that needs to repent. Because this is not a waste of time. And these were not just empty words. God is speaking to you, and you know it. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, brother, pray for me because I need to get rid of this thing that I got myself entangled up in. And I've got sin in my life that I can't seem to get rid of. Just raise your hand. It's not hard. It's not hard. You cannot live in sin and expect to get to heaven. There's holiness. There's nothing but pure holiness in heaven. Is there anybody? I've seen that half-raised hand. Lord, I'm asking you by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would touch and anoint that individual, Lord God, that you would cleanse with the blood of Jesus, that you would cause them to see and understand, Lord God, that you are holy and you want a holy people. And I pray you would give that individual the power, Lord God, to live holy and righteously. And that they would be an example of your grace and your mercy and your compassion upon them. I pray they would be an instrument in your hand that you would use them for the furtherance of your kingdom. That you would raise that person up, oh God. Far above, far above, Lord God, their acquaintances and the people that they associate with. I ask you to bless them. Bless them, oh God with the anointing of the Spirit of God. and Then when they wake up in the midnight hour, Lord God, they would hear your gentle voice saying that I love you right where you're at, but I love you enough to change you. Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy on us, Lord. Thank you for bringing this to this point in our lives. Bless these people, O oh God, with discernment, with wisdom and understanding. And I pray that we would come up hither <laughs> and through the door that is open in heaven right now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. right?